Welcome to Series 5 of the Conformance Cast here at A2LA Workplace Training. It's all about things auditing. Our guest before the series is John Furman, an instructor here at A2LA Workplace Training, specializing in ISO 17065 and product certification programs. You can head on over to A2LAWPT.org to learn more about course offerings and consulting services. Well, here we are. It is our first episode in the series. I'm Matt McCutcheon, your host, and joining me is John Furman. Thanks for joining me, John. We're looking forward to learning about all these audits and the benefits that they provide to an organization. But let's just start this off with a nice, easy question. Have you ever been on a podcast before? (laughs) Matt, uh, thanks for having me. I definitely appreciate the opportunity to come on and uh, be on the podcast with you. Actually, uh, so yeah, I have done a few podcasts in the past. Uh, A friend of mine out in California uh, did a cool uh, movie, like cult movie review oh, podcast cool. that I sat in on a few times. And uh, but yeah, this is definitely my first like work related uh, uh, podcast experience, and yeah, definitely the only accreditation and audit related <laughs> podcast I've been on. I can't imagine there's uh, too many of these out on you know, Spotify or. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I wouldn't imagine that these are, you know, in the top 10, you know, right. nice listen to, but we do provide a wealth of information and we're trying to give this auditing, you know, a more humanized feel and look because most of us, when we think of audit, immediately we turn to IRS and oh my goodness, mm-hmm. they're auditing mm-hmm. my finances. They're going to make me owe all this money and it's a horrible experience. And that's our general thought of an audit, but that's nothing about what we're actually talking about. The auditing process for organizations isn't necessarily just financial. So why do we audit as an organization non-financially? Well, I kind of want to touch on the point you mentioned about audits have a a bad rap that maybe they can be a little intimidating. They can strike fear in the hearts of of, of folks. Um, Yeah, that's definitely the case. And I I think that uh, kind of when you look at the question, why do we audit, if we give thought and due consideration to, you know, what we're trying to achieve, uh, what we're trying to get out of it, what the objectives of an audit are, I think that we can kind of move away from that fearful sort of nightmare audit scenario. I think there's a lot of value that can be gotten from audits. And so auditing generally comes down to kind of, you know, five different ideas. One is uh, just verifying compliance. So if you're performing audits, you're most likely in, in an organization that's committed to reliability, uh, it's committed to excellence, mm-hmm. you know, you're operating according to uh, a specified standard and various methods that guide and tell you, you know, how the work needs to be done. So first, just kind of as a tool to make sure that indeed you're operating as you say you are, that can provide a lot of confidence for management as well as confidence for personnel uh, involved in your activities. You have the subjective evidence on hand that indeed, you know, we are acting in compliance with the rules and guidelines that are applicable to our industry. And it's a benefit for the customer too, because they're, you know, confident in the service and the product because it is, you know, standardized and should be the same it should be repeatable right, on a regular right. basis. So the customer on the consumer end should feel confident in that as well because yeah. of the auditing process. Yeah, definitely. I mean, for for our types of industry or our types of businesses in the accreditation world, customers are always going to have some sort of compliance expert that they're working with, and they're going to be well-versed in auditing and ISO concepts. The value uh, that accreditation and operating within the ISO ecosystem has is huge. It's all about giving confidence to the process, uh, giving confidence to transactions. You know, the, the, the whole point behind this is to kind of enable and make make business development possible. Yeah, that's a, that's a big part of it. Uh, I think the next thing is just kind of, you know, looking for process improvements. 
as part of the audit process, you're sampling work that you've done maybe over the course of a year, yeah. and you're able to look at those individual processes, uh, see uh, you know how they tie into one another. You can kind of look at the operation organically, identify what are the high and low points of our operation, of, of the experience of working with us. Which ones of these require attention? Which ones might require some sort of revision? You know, do we need to revisit the way that we accomplish X? That sort of thing. Yeah, things. I mean, we're in an ever-changing world too, so things change from one day to the next, and from year to year. Right. So you know, these audits are important because of those changes. You may have a change, and you come in and be like, "Oh, well, this has changed." So you need to change or conform to this change right. and stuff. So it allows for, like you say, that uh, constant evolution of the process. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, that's kind of like one of the main ethics of the ISO standards is continuous improvement. I mean, that's that's at the heart of quality, uh, Kaizen, those sorts of uh, concepts. So yeah, I mean, you know, the idea is that you're kind of continuously going back, taking a look at yourself and comparing yourself to where you wanna be. You know, that's the standards that you ultimately need to comply with and kind of driving action items and making points to uh, improve things. That's obviously very good for you. It's very good for your customers. It's also a a huge opportunity for uh, staff to become involved and improve the work that they're directly uh, involved with. So great point. Lots of different opportunities there for sure. Another reason you have to meet accreditation body requirements, right? So, you know, internal audits are are gonna be required as part of being an accredited organization. You know, whether you're working with NAVLAP, A2LA, UCAS, any of the accreditation bodies throughout the world, these ISO standards all require internal audits. Part of your accreditation body assessment is going to be verification that you're performing these things, you know, that you're getting the the right outputs or the right outcomes from it. Um, Even though, I I guess maybe it sounds a little less noble, I I think that it still uh, says a lot about an organization that they're they're operating in fields that require a lot of accuracy, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of attention to detail. The work that they do could be related to occupational safety, public safety. The stakes are really high in this work. It sets that standard of excellence. Yeah. A football coach in the NFL has said the standard is the standard. Mm-hmm. And you've got to meet that standard. You can't fall below it. If you go above it, hey, maybe that's great. Maybe the standard needs to change and they do you know the revisions and stuff like that. So that's great to find that stuff out. But you need that standard level of excellence to show that your organization, uh, especially to the consumer side of things, cares. Mm-hmm. That they mm-hmm. care about the product or the service that they are offering you. That they go through this rigorous accreditation process, this assessment, and this auditing process in order to provide the best of the best. Right. Even if an organization is only performing audits because it's an accreditation requirement, that's not any cheaper or any less significant of a totally uh, of a reason. Yeah. yeah, totally agree. And then lastly, I mean, I think that it's just extremely valuable manage- uh, or tool for management. If you go about planning and preparing for the audit properly, what you should come out of the audit with is a subjective report showing how your organization performs overall. You're going to get uh, you know a lot of information about customer perspective, your staff perspectives. You're going to see uh, you know how all the all your different processes how they all interrelate and work together to produce ultimately what your customer experiences. So I think that yeah, with the right planning, if you execute that audit plan properly, you should have a pretty good you know accurate reflection of where your organization stands. That's necessary for management so they can understand, you know, what sort of uh, strategic actions do we need to take? How do we need to steer this organization, whether it's just kind of improving 
the customer experience, improving the effectiveness of the management system, earning more money if you're a for-profit organization, uh, all those sorts of things. So I think that uh, there's a lot of value that can be gotten from it from multiple different perspectives. Even if there is a little bit of a stigma attached to the concept of auditing, take a look at it from a different perspective, and I think that you'll see it's really a very useful tool. Yeah, yeah. going back to you know a management tool, you would think it's like their number one tool in their toolbox when it comes to how the organization is running, what it looks like, because it gives you that outsider perspective of the business, gives you that other point of view, as they say, to see things a little bit differently to improve those processes. Businesses are all about growth. They're all about making money, making profit, providing jobs for people and everything like that. So the audit, I think, like you say, is a great strategic tool Mm -hmm. to provide a guide as to how to get and meet these objectives and everything like that. Now you have presented on auditing and it is clear that you know what you're talking about and you have a passion for this process and how these things are handled John. How did it come to be that you got to present about auditing? So um, uh, an opportunity came up last year uh, with a a business that we, we had a partnership with to present on internal auditing specifically they were demoing their software platform and talking about you know okay. the merits of it and how it can be used to uh, track and record and plan audits, etc. They kind of wanted to pair that up with somebody just talking about you know auditing background, different elements of auditing, considerations that you want to have uh, when determining who's going to be auditing your program, those sorts of things. So uh, yeah, we teamed up on that, and actually the presentation that I uh, shared was based on a previous presentation that, that uh, on internal auditing that we had, okay. uh, but I kind of tuned it up. Up and just kind of you know added my voice to it, added yeah. some of my experience, emphasizing different things. That went over pretty well uh, back last spring. Uh, based on that, we did the presentation again at TIFO last year. Oh, cool! Uh, so last summer ha- had a good number of folks uh, attend that, and yeah, and it, you know it seemed uh, to to resonate with some folks. We got some good feedback about it. Yeah, you talked about how this was a previous presentation, but you took your own thoughts and your mm-hmm. perspective and your own spin, and you have a very unique perspective on auditing. Most people don't think about auditing the way you do. Part of that success of this presentation is due to your unique approach. How did you get involved into auditing with this unique approach? It's very human. Prior to uh, joining AWPT, I was working uh, at an organization that was uh, an accredited test lab, also an accredited certification body. Okay. Uh, And I started off working in that certification body surveillance division or surveillance department, I guess, basically uh, supporting their programs, factory inspections that were done for, that related to their uh, certification program. I worked for this really cool guy who had, he had been with the uh, been with the organization for I think like thirty plus years at the time. He's still there. I think he just like passed his, his uh, forty year mark. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty crazy. And you know, he told me he's like, hey, uh, you know, we have these audits coming up. Get your work done, and then just like go up there, plant yourself, and just like absorb as much as you possibly can. So you know, at the time we were working with organizations like OSHA and SCC, uh, were coming in to, to to do audits with us. I would just kind of go in and attend and try to pick up, you know, as much as I could, learn as much as possible. It really helped me kind of learn more about the process because I was still relatively new at, uh, at the time. But yeah, it, it just kind of helped me learn more about why, you know, do these processes exist? You know, why are they in place, et cetera? And yeah, even there, you know, there was this kind of feeling that, you know, audits were tense. Yeah. Um, but uh, interacting with the auditors, interacting with our quality manager, I was just kind of able to break through the tension. And in a few cases, I would speak up. Um, make points about documents or make points about the requirements in the standard. And uh, eventually my presence was like valued in, in, in that setting. And then yeah, awesome. a couple, yeah, a couple <laughs> years later, um, the quality manager moved on and I, I stood up, uh, applied for the QA role. Okay. And then yeah, kind of 
inherited that and then took the primary lead in all that's going forward. So yeah, I mean, I, I really attribute it all to, you know, my previous boss, you just like, you know, get your work done, go up there and like learn as much as you can. And I, I just think a lot of things clicked. I took a, I took a lot of uh, logic courses in, okay. uh, in, in college. And then, yeah, I think I'm just like a decent communicator. I can figure out what's the best communication method, what's the best approach with different individuals. I can tell you put my mind at ease when it comes to the auditing process. You're just talking about this stuff here. You know, I feel like, oh, well, auditing isn't a bad thing. It's a really good thing. I'm getting a benefit out of this audit process because it's not making just the product or the service better. It's making the organization better. Yeah. Like they are improving themselves. And I think all of us, when in life in general, comes down to self-improvement. We're Mm -hmm. all looking to be better and be better than our competition. So (laughs) these auditing processes seem like a great way to do that. And it doesn't seem like we, as maybe the employees in these organizations that are under the gun, as they say, when an audit comes in, shouldn't feel that pressure. They should just be like, okay, I just need to show them what we're doing here and how we're doing it and how we're meeting the requirements of the standard and stuff like that so that we provide a good overall consistent repeatable product or service. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, what you're talking about with confidence on the consumer side, I mean, that's really what the aim of the audit process should be, you know, universally. For management, it should be having confidence in, do we really know what our organization is outputting? Do we really Uh know what our service and, you know, what the customer experience is? Same for uh, individuals involved in the process. So for staff, people that are out on the test floor, out there performing evaluations or inspections, et cetera, you want to have their confidence that, yeah. you know, indeed, the, the, the work that we're performing is 100% valid. We're operating according to the right guidelines. And that, you want to you feel know, good about what you do. Yeah. The, the, the work <laughs> is above board. You know, yeah. Yeah. I think that, you, you know, yeah, universally, everybody wants to do it. Everybody wants to do a good job. Everybody wants to be competent. And so I think that auditing is one of a few different tools out there that's going to get you the evidence you need to establish that confidence. Yeah, yeah. Criticism can be tough. I mean, every, you right, know, self-criticism, right. being criticized you know, by somebody else, it can be tough. But I think when you look at it with those eyes in the vein of this is a good thing, this is for self-improvement, for self-growth, to make things better, that that should ease your mind about the process. That it shouldn't be looked at as, ooh, big, scary audit coming up. Be like, oh, no, this is just going to make us better. It's going to improve our processes. It's going to make our product, our service better. It's going to make the organization run as a whole better. And we're going to know why it's running better. What is a stick in the road that we're tripping up over, right. you know, that is causing us to not get to that, that point that we want to be at. And auditing shows you, well, this is what's doing it. This is where the, the problem is and it's got to be corrected or fixed. That's not to say that there isn't turbulence in the assessments. Yeah. You may encounter personalities or dynamics as part of the audit process where you feel that people are looking for issues and looking for faults in your system purposely. Um, gotcha. you know, and they're, they're not there just to verify compliance, that maybe they're coming in with a little bit of subjectivity or bias. Agenda and, yeah, or exactly. Yeah. I think that we'll talk about those things throughout this series. And we'll talk about you know ways to manage that and to navigate that. Uh, definitely a lot of good audit philosophy and sort of audit etiquette concepts yeah. that we'll touch on. As a closing thought, I want to share... Uh, This was an idea that was presented to me uh, back when I first received training to ISO 17025. This is the 2005 version back in 2009. The person that that provided that training, part of his presentation was, you know, you put a a triangle on the whiteboard and, you know, next to each side he wrote, 
intent, implementation, and effectiveness. I'd say that auditing, looking at standards, looking at evidence, all these things, uh, really uh, goes back to these three concepts. Intent being, does an organization articulate that it's going to address or fulfill a particular function or activity in a certain way? Okay. Does the organization say, hey, we're going to have a specific set of requirements for purchasing equipment and evaluating third parties? Does the organization say that they're going to have a specific process for training individuals and managing competencies, those sorts of things? Implementation, specifically, what is it that they've articulated? How are they going to go about doing those things? What is the system that they've put in place for purchasing equipment, uh, writing purchase orders, and documenting uh, engineering content, and all those sorts of things? And then lastly, effectiveness. Does it happen to work? Does it work for them? Are they operating in accordance with their own policies, in accordance with their own requirements? That has really served, it really made a big impression on me. And you know, to this day, that's kind of what I focus on. When I'm looking at auditing, when I'm looking at corrective actions, you know, uh, when I'm looking at deficiencies, is, is this an intent issue? Is this an implementation issue? Or is this an effectiveness issue? Same thing for when I do root cause analysis back when I was a quality manager, when I would look at, look at issues, it's, well, we have a procedure for this. The procedure seems to be adequate, but for whatever reason, it's not translating well to the folks that are in charge of doing the work. Okay. What, 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 it, it helps you kind of drill in and figure out, you know, what's, uh, what angle do you have to take when going about to, uh, you know, address the issue and, and, and correct the issue. That's always been very useful for me, and, and I'll be bringing that up again as we go forward. But yeah, I think that if you kind of default to this, this perspective, intent, implementation, effectiveness, you're going to get a lot of mileage out of that in the audit process, but just looking at, 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 at um, systems and procedures in general, yeah, that's always served me well. Right on, right on. That sounds like a great segue into uh, our second episode coming up where we get into the actual details of the mechanics of the audit. That intent, that implementation, that effectiveness, really going to come full circle in our upcoming episode. Thanks for joining us today. Hope you're leaving with great understanding, just like I am, of what the concepts and the purpose of an audit is for. John, thanks for being here with me. Look forward to continuing this conversation. I can't wait to get into how the audit is performed, what these mechanics are, and all that stuff in our next upcoming episode. Thank you for joining us on the Conformance Cast.